We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Help, I need somebody. Help, not just anybody. Help, you know I need someone. Welcome to Family Caregivers Unite with Dr. Gordon Atherley. Family caregivers don't have to be alone in their experiences. You will hear from experts and other caregivers facing the same issues that you may be facing. Now, here is your host, Dr. Gordon Atherley. Welcome to Family Caregivers Unite. This is Dr. Gordon Atherley, your host. I'm a physician trained in Britain, living in Canada, and who's worked in the U.S. And since I retired from medical practice, I've become an activist for family caregiving, which explains the name of the show, Family Caregivers Unite. Our topic today is home care technology for family caregivers. Uh, These days, technology, by which we often mean information technology, is more and more part of our everyday lives. So it's no wonder then that it's being considered for homes in which family caregivers are caring for family members. To find out about helps this technology helps family caregivers with their challenges and also about some of the challenges that the technology creates for family caregivers. We have two guests, Laurie Orloff and Gail Hunt. Now, I'm just going to introduce them by summarizing their bios for you. First of all, Laurie, Laurie Orloff, advises large organizations as well as non-profits and entrepreneurs about trends and opportunities in the age-related technology market. She spent more than 30 years in the technology industry, including 24 years in information technology and nine years as a leading industry analyst at Forrester Research. She's been featured on Caring.com, Mature Markets, Silver Planet, Mobile Health News, and her blog entries are widely syndicated. The commentaries have been presented in the Journal of Geriatric Care Management and Aging Today Online. She's been profiled in the New York Times and Huffington Post, and she has a graduate certification in geriatric care management from the University of Florida and a BA in music from the University of Rochester. My other guest is Gail Hunt, who's president and CEO of the National Alliance for Caregiving, a nonprofit coalition dedicated to research and national programs for family caregivers and professionals who serve them. She's conducted elder care research for the National Institute on Aging and the Social Security Administration. She's developed training for caregivers with AARP and the American Occupational Therapy Association, and she's designed a corporate elder care program for the Employee Assistance Professional Association. She was appointed by the White House to serve on the policy committee for the 2005 White House Conference on Aging. She was on the advisory panel on Medicare Education. 
She's chair of the National Center on Senior Transportation. She's a commissioner of the Center for Aging Service Technology, and she's secretary of the Long-Term Care Quality Alliance. So welcome to the show, Laurie and Gail. Thank you so much. Yeah. Now, Laurie, I'm going to start with you. First question. Please tell us more about your career and how you actually came to be interested in home care technology for family caregivers. Well, as you mentioned, I spent 24 years in IT and then nine years in industry analysis at Forrester Research. And um, in, uh, a couple years ago, I actually became a long-term care ombudsman for nursing homes and assisted living facilities. And I then uh, became certified in geriatric care management by the University of Florida. And as part of that, I actually did a project uh, that was a survey of writing on the Internet about uh, technology for people aging in their own homes, discovered um, MIT's Joseph Coughlin and material he had written and decided that the industry needed an industry analyst, and therefore I decided to become one. And I launched this business in 2009, uh, gave my first speech, took on my first clients, and uh, uh, started my blog. Great. Gail, same question, really. Tell us more about your career and how you came to be interested in home care technology for family caregivers. Um, I had been working as a uh, senior management consultant for uh, KPMG Pete Marwick for years in Washington and uh, went up, left with a couple of other people uh, and we set up our own aging services consulting firm and one of the first projects we did, this is back in the 90s, was uh, developed a, a book called uh, Gadgets, Gizmos, and Thingamabobs. Which was uh, really about assistive technology. Obviously, in those days, there there wasn't a lot of uh, computer technology, and uh, developed a relationship with the occupational therapist. Uh, we did an award-winning video around behavioral modification and technology for people with Alzheimer's, and then um, 15 years ago was instrumental in helping to start the alliance. And uh, the National Alliance for Caregiving has done uh, research called uh, a study called the E-Connected Caregiver. Right. Now, I'm going to ask Laurie, please talk to us about the types of technology services you provide through Aging in Place Technology Watch and indicate to us which of these are of greatest interest to family caregivers. All right. Okay, well, this website is, um, while it, uh, it's primarily targeting businesses, that would include nonprofits and uh, uh, vendors and services organizations that are trying to support uh, older adults and the caregivers of older adults. Um, the main advantage of the use of the website is to actually look at the segments of technology that are described there. Um, there's a market overview that actually lists the technology categories and identifies the vendors that are in the technology categories. And it now has um, a section in the report that is about uh, caregiving and relates really the um, technologies which I believe are appropriately used by both older adults and their caregivers. So that's uh, the service the site provides. Right. Gail, I want to ask you about the services for family caregivers that are provided through the National Alliance for Caregiving. And I'm not just limiting this question to home care technology. Please summarize for us all the services that you, you provide. 
Well, we're the people that do most of the national research around family caregiving. So very broadly, we have done research on uh, uh, men as caregivers and long-distance caregivers and Hispanic caregivers and lots of uh, studies on caregiving and work and, and caregivers' health. Uh, so a very broad uh, both policy and sort of... Um, uh, um, people who are developing programs, program developers, uh, what they would be interested in in terms of uh, caregiver data. And that's one of the things that we do. In addition to that, we work with the state and local caregiving coalitions. There are about 75 of them uh, around the country. And we work with them to uh, sort of see themselves as part of a virtual network. Gail, just still with you for a moment. When you talked about caregiver data, what do you mean by that? Well, literally, the fact that there are um, uh, 76 million family caregivers in the U.S. Uh, there are 48 million of them are providing care to somebody 50 and older. Um, 32% of them are uh, women, are, uh, are men. Uh, we, we literally have the data that are used by Congress and by policymakers in developing uh, programs and policies around family caregiving. So you're really the, the, the source of the planning and development information that government and other organizations need to know where things are going and where things should be going. Is that right? Uh, well, we certainly hope so. Uh, but in, in, for example, we were one of the first organizations to sort of bring, to highlight the fact that the health of the family caregiver should be taken into account as well as the health of the person that they're caring for. And before that, there's always been a lot of attention, appropriately so, paid for the, paid to the, um, uh, the care, what we'd call the care recipient, but nothing about the fact that this may be taking a toll on the caregiver himself or herself. Right. Laurie, back to you. You mentioned segments of technology. I want you to say more about that. What, what exactly is the message that you would like to give to family caregivers about the way in which the technologies are organized or described that could be of greatest interest to them? Right. Yeah. Well, I've categorized the technology market um, in four segments, that, and I've described them as an interrelated set of puzzle pieces because I believe that family caregivers and older adults cannot leave out one of these segments and expect that people will thrive uh, without it. So the first segment is communication and engagement technologies. Um, and that includes uh, technologies like email and chat and games and video, cell phones, smartphones, tablets, PCs, Macs, and whatever else is about to be invented that's along the same line. The categories uh, that I'm describing are persistent over t long periods of time. The technologies keep changing. The second category is home safety and security, which includes home security systems, but also personal emergency response systems, what has now been developed as mobile personal emergency response systems that actually work away from the home, web cameras, fall detection devices, and uh, sensors and passive activity monitors. 
The third category is health and wellness technologies, which includes telehealth, mobile health technologies becoming quite popular, uh, medication management, chronic disease management technologies, and fitness technologies, both for the well-being of the older adults potentially, but also for the well-being of the caregiver. And that doesn't just include physical fitness. It could also include cognitive fitness. Finally, the fourth category is what I call learning and contribution, and that includes the ability for families to actually create and leave an online legacy about their lives, the ability to keep up with lifelong learning, important both to older adults and also to caregivers, Uh, online education, including um, programs that can help people both enrich their lives but also learn needed skills, Uh, the ability to find volunteer sites that could potentially help out or you one could help others out and uh, sites about work. That's a very comprehensive range and the, with the research that Gail you're doing that suggests that there's a great deal coming down the pipeline of this sort of development and we'll get to that later on. Now I'm, it is time uh, for us to pay the rent that is to say I do have to take a short break here but we will be coming back. This is Dr. Gordon Adderley, and my guests are Laurie Orloff and Gail Hunt. You're listening to Family Caregivers Unite on the Voice America Variety Channel. Um, please stay tuned. We will be back. Talk, talk, talk. That's all we do is talk. Yeah! If you'd like to talk, call us toll-free right now at 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. That's it. That's it. VoiceAmerica.com. Now there's a new destination for video content. VoiceAmerica.tv. Just like our radio channels and so much more. Voice America Variety, Health and Wellness, Business, Sports, Green Talk, Power Up Motorsports, and 7th Wave Network now have their own video channel components. Plus, check out exclusive programming, including movies, music, educational courses, science and history, current events, and short features. High-definition, premier-quality programs available 24-7. VoiceAmerica.tv. If you think you've seen online TV like this before, let us surprise you. Very rarely does our news media spotlight some of the good things that are happening in our world. For more of these good stories and the people that are creating them, tune in to Bread for the Journey with Mariana Cacciatore. Whether these good acts stem from personal tragedy or just a desire to help out and make this a better world in which to live, you'll find inspiration in every week's program. Connect with those that are doing something great for a change. Listen for Bread for the Journey, Saturdays at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, noon Eastern, on the Voice America Variety Channel. The latest business information is made simple with the Voice America Business Network. The professionals in the business world bring you live talk radio shows featuring an array of business topics, strategies for building wealth, sales and marketing, stock trading, investing, and business technology. Voice America business hosts are professionals in their fields and bring to the airwaves weekly business discussions that offer up-to-date information, advice, and education. The Voice America Business Network. The bottom line in business talk. Streaming live. The leader in Internet talk radio. VoiceAmerica.com You know I need someone. You are listening to Family Caregivers Unite with Dr. Gordon Atherley. If you have any questions or comments about our program, please address them by email to docg.com 
at mymonami.com. That's doc, letter G, at mymonami.com. Now, back to Family Caregivers Unite. Welcome back to our listeners to Family Caregivers Unite. and Lori Orloff and Gail Hunt. Our topic is home care technology for family caregivers. So now let's talk about the survey that you both, that's Laurie and Gail, were involved with, what you found out about family caregivers' challenges, and the kind of challenges that are most likely to be helped by home care technology. So Gail, you first, please. What do you see as the main family caregiver challenges that home care technology is most helpful for, as revealed by your study? Yeah, well, um, along with uh, some of the things that Lori was saying earlier, um, family caregivers really are are interested in uh, safety and in feeling a, a sense of peace of mind that they'll have about the fact that the um, care recipient is uh, doing okay wherever they are. So this is whether it's long distance. Uh, they're in Miami and I'm in Toronto, or whether it's just that I'm at work and they're, uh, I, I need to know that they're okay. So fam- uh, family caregivers are particularly interested in things that will help them to deal with those issues of safety at home and peace of mind. Right. I'm going to go to Laurie, but I'm going to come back to you, Gail, on some of those particular points. Laurie, um how and why is home care technology so helpful with those particular challenges that Gail mentioned and any others that you want to, be, you want to mention? Well, um, safety is, uh, there are many aspects of safety that are important to deal with in the home, uh, it, not the least of which is making sure that the home uh, is safe from fire and flood, which is why I mentioned before um, you know, home alarm systems, but also uh, technology for monitoring an individual uh, in terms of any symptoms of chronic disease they might have or helping remind them to take their medications. Uh, medication noncompliance is actually one of the major reasons why people end up falling in the home, and falls, we know, are uh, a major factor in causing people to be hospitalized. So safety is very much a, a factor there. Now, in terms of long-distance family members, uh, it's you know, uh, caregivers and family members want to stay in touch. They want to keep long-distance family engaged. And so uh, technology can be very useful in that regard, including video phone uh, technologies and uh, technologies that have been developed to enable uh, people to coordinate uh, care among people who are not all necessarily all sitting in the same home, for example. The ability to track health records and uh uh, you know, interact with people to keep them both mentally stimulated and in touch with family members. Right. Gail, I'm coming back to you, and I want to just um, probe you a little further on the first answer you gave me. Peace of mind. What do the people who responded to your survey really mean by that, and how does technology provide it? In other words, what is it that technology does that will help a family caregiver to have that peace of mind, regardless of whether they're in Toronto or at work or on the other side of the world, for that matter? Well, for example, uh, uh, one example would be uh, passive in-home monitoring systems that are 
have uh, devices embedded in the wall that can uh, tell if a person has fallen, but they can probably more consistently, they can tell if the person got up in the morning, if they uh, went in the kitchen, if they maybe made tea, if they remembered to turn the stove off, uh, other devices that made sure that they, you know, closed the refrigerator, um, things, devices that would give the family caregiver uh, the peace of mind knowing that mom was doing okay, usually by reporting those data, say, on a quarterly, uh, a qu- every quarter of hour, reporting it to the computer system of the family caregiver. So maybe they're at work and they see, oh, okay, I see that, that mom got up and, you know, she made tea and and uh, now she's, you know, she hasn't gone out if she's, for example, has um, dementia. She hasn't come out, gone out and not come back, those kinds of issues. So peace of mind for the caregiver is really important. But I do want to mention that those, that's not necessarily the priority for the care recipient, for the older person. Right. They have a different. They can have a quite different view of this. Right. Let's come back to that because I think that's that's a very important reservation you've just made, and um, it fits with something that I want to ask both of you. But first of all, I want to go go to Laurie. Laurie, technology seems to develop. You know, there's something new every day, or so it seems. What are the things that you see coming that are going to be addressing? the peace of mind issue from the point of view of the family caregiver. And we'll go back to Gail and ask, them, ask her later in a moment about the technologies for the people who are receiving the care. But first of all, let's just stay with the family caregivers. What's, what's down the road for them that you see coming? Well, you know, there's a technology that's been around for years. Uh, some people call it a medical alarm. Some call it a medical alert. Some call it a personal emergency response system. That has only uh, historically, it's, it's the pendant that one wears around the neck. And historically, that has only been useful for about 150 feet from the, uh, the base station for it in the home. But the trend that is happening now is with the development of GPS tracking technology, which is uh, done in a combination of cellular and satellite, depends on where, um, you know, what types of technology you're using. But with the advent of GPS, it is now possible to wear a pendant away from the home. So that's one capability that has enabled people to actually go for a walk away from the home and uh, be detected um, if they press the button. Uh, second thing that is uh, remarkable and has changed uh, in recent years is the ability to detect if someone has fallen down. So there's accelerometers that are built into devices, and increasingly they're going to be built into phones um, that enable one to know if a person is standing upright um, and or otherwise flat on their back on the, on the ground and can detect, in fact, a comfortable seated position and not count that as alarming. And finally, uh, I think the most interesting, uh, two, two interesting technologies that are really going to make the difference for caregivers and families, one is uh, wearable sensors. Um, in fact, just this past year, the GPS shoe launch launched, which is a, a shoe you can put on your foot and walk around in that actually tracks the movement of you and your shoes. Um, and finally, uh, uh, Skype, I think, is a transformative technology for communicating with long-distance family members uh, caregivers and, and older adults 
Um, it is uh, going to be uh, really transformed with the use of tablets, and it will not be required uh, to have a broadband connection in the home. Uh, this capability is increasingly cellular with tablet devices, and that is going to, I think, uh, connect families far better than we've seen in the past. Now, Gail, coming back to you, you made the important reservation that family caregivers' interest in technology or benefits of this, from this technology may not be the same as those that um, the people receiving the care actually need. So please, would you talk about the technologies from the perspective of people who are receiving care? Well, this is not across the board, but there's no question that uh, there's an autonomy issue here. Um, we have the uh, peace of mind of, and home safety issue from the caregiver's perspective, but from the care recipient, the older person's viewpoint, they may say, this is intrusive to me. I feel like uh, this passive monitoring system or this uh, system, that the GPS system that I've got, you know, I don't have dementia, but yet my children are saying, if you don't where this device will put you in a nursing home. So there is a, um, a sense of autonomy that we need to respect in the older person who may not want to have uh, his every uh, movement monitored and reported uh, by, you know, by uh, the Internet to the family caregiver, so that's a double-edged sword. I understand there are two sides to this, and I've read a lot of blogs, uh, for example, when the New York Times writes about this, you're bound to get both sides of the, uh, of the coin here, but I do think it's something that caregivers need to keep in mind. They can't sort of strong-arm their parents into some of these technologies, I think. Gail, I'm just going to stay with you quickly on a question. When you use the word autonomy, do you also mean the independence of making decisions on the part of the person receiving the care? That is to feel that um, they can make decisions, decide to do things that suit them rather than being told. Does that enter into the equation that you've just been talking about? That's exactly what I'm talking about. So they, they have, they retain the ability Unless dementia is present, they retain the ability to say, "I don't, I don't want this technology. This is, this is something that I don't, uh, you know, I feel is intrusive, or I, I don't want to participate." And that's definitely that decision making is a part of what the older person should be able to, uh, uh, to exercise. Good, Laurie. Um... This has to be a quick one, and we'll spill over into the next episode if necessary, but how does the technology deal with that autonomy issue? Have you got a quick response to that? Uh, yeah. Um, you know, we generally call that the ability to opt in. That is, technologies that are established in the home, um, a person needs to agree to them. They should not be automatically monitored. They should have to say, yes, I agree. Basically, I'm willing. And the technology, what, your message is the technology is capable of understanding a yes and or a no as far as permission goes. Yeah, there's usually a server, uh, some login capability with this, and the fact that it requires a person to agree, unless they have dementia, a person to agree to uh, participate, that's the key thing. Got it. 
Now, it is the time again where we, I always say this, have to pay the rent. This is Dr. Gordon Adderley, and my guests are Laurie Orloff and Gail Hunt. You're listening to Family Caregivers Unite on the Voice America channel. Stay tuned. We're coming back. Talk, talk, talk. That's all we do is talk. If you'd like to talk, call us toll-free right now at 1-866-472-5787. That's it. That's it. VoiceAmerica.com. How has your belief system been formed? Has it been based on others telling you what to believe? Do you desire to make changes in your life that you know will bring you deeper fulfillment? Tune in to The Ripple Effect with Katherine Cloward for your weekly dose of inspiration and encouragement. Whether it be in your business, personal relationships, or family life, this show will help you recognize and trust your intuitive knowing. Catherine and her guests will help inspire you to make fulfilling choices for your life. The Ripple Effect is heard live every Thursday at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern, on Voice America Variety. Each week, Jimmy Gould brings you the stories and the people that you want to hear about. Tune in to A Current Life to hear about the journey to success, how our guests became the people they are today, and the highs and lows they experienced along the way. Each hour will leave you inspired and entertained as Jimmy gets up close and personal with every week's guest and shares ideas you can identify with and apply to your own life. A Current Life with Jimmy Gould airs Fridays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Are you ready to live a powerful life based in vitality, joyfulness, and satisfaction? Is it time to take action and design a life you've always known you could live? Tune it to Design Your Life, Coaching for New Choices with Master Certified Coach Patricia Hirsch. You'll explore what stops you from going after your dreams and be supported in a future you design to pull you forward from the present. Tune in every Tuesday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern Time for Design Your Life, Coaching for New Choices on the Voice America Variety Channel. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com Help, you know I need someone. You are listening to Family Caregivers Unite with Dr. Gordon Atherley. If you have any questions or comments about our program, please address them by email to docg at mymonami.com. That's doc, letter G, at mymonami.com. Now, back to Family Caregivers Unite. Welcome back to our listeners to Family Caregivers Unite and Laurie Orlov and Gail Hunt. Our topic is home care technology for family caregivers. So let's talk about the challenges of home care technology that family caregivers identified in the survey. And we've already spoken about the question of autonomy, but are there other um, issues and questions and challenges that came out of the survey? So starting with you, Laurie, what are the most common challenges of the technology to them that family caregivers identified, and what was it about the technology they identified as challenging? Well, they were asked actually about uh, across technologies uh, to offer up what they thought would be barriers uh, to the use of the technology, and really the most commonly raised issue was a fear about cost. Um, people felt that the technology would probably be expensive, and uh, they also worried that it wasn't going to address one of their pressing caregiving issues. 
Um, and as we just talked about, they we they also uh, believed that whoever they were caregiving uh, for would resist accepting the technology. Um, in addition to the question of autonomy, you believe this technology would diminish your relation's sense of independence or pride. Right. Um, I'm going to ask you, Gail, sort of questions arises out of that, really. Of all the challenges that family caregivers identified with home care technology, and I'm still you know, sort of referring to your survey here, which are the ones that you think need to be solved first, and why do they need solving first? Well, there's no question, as Lori just said, that cost was the big issue. And the interesting thing is cost was an issue even where there was no cost. So it's a perception issue. For example, um, um, personal health records were viewed as something that might be too expensive, even though typically personal health records cost nothing to the consumer. But there's a perception that, oh, yeah, this might be useful, but it's going to cost me. So that's something I think uh, that was uh, was a concern, as well as things sort of related to, to cost, like... Um, you know, is there a warranty? Uh, how am I going to know that this is going to really continue to work? And the thing to remember about this survey is all of these people were online already. So we weren't talking to family caregivers. We weren't interviewing family caregivers who had no uh, knowledge of the Internet, for example. They were all on the online. So these are people that have some uh, knowledge in the area and still felt that, there might be issues, barriers, concerned with, uh, uh, you know, they're being able to have a warranty for whatever the technology was. Now, I'm going to Laurie. Um, this interesting point that Gail just made, that there's a fear of cost even where there isn't a cost, um, and so therefore cost is, is a psychological challenge in a way. And so in the work you do, how much of a problem actually is it, and given that technology always seems to be getting uh, cheaper, though you spend more, is the way it often appears, um, what needs to be done to really address this perception of cost as a problem? Lauren? Well, there's sort of uh, two sides to this. Um, one, one aspect of perception of cost as a problem may also be lack of awareness of the options uh, in terms of technology that are out there. And one of the things I would say is true in general is um, the awareness generation of technology vendors uh, in an emerging market of uh, caregiving technologies, their marketing and awareness generation has been weak. Um, there's always, uh, whenever anybody seems to do a survey, no matter what type of survey it is about technology use in the, in the care of um, older adults and families, uh, there seems to be a large percentage of people who end up saying, I didn't know such a thing existed. Um, so I think that's really more of a problem with marketing and awareness generation on the part of the vendors. Uh, in terms of cost, um, you know, cost, you know, technologies that are free are often not free. I mean, they seem free. Um, you go to websites and you can access and use them, but cost is a different type of cost. It can be cost of time to research. Uh, we know, for example, there's more than 60,000 health-related websites on the Internet. Uh, navigating your way through all of that uh, takes lots of time, so that's another type of cost. 
uh, a lot of these technologies that are for uh, sensors and monitoring in the home, uh, uh, they either require installation, they require a knowledgeable person to set them up, uh, they require um, the customization of rules that are specific to an individual, and they often require subscription fees that are paid on a monthly basis. So just like you can imagine that home alarm systems, you know, you don't just put them in and walk away. They have to notify somebody. Uh, many caregiving technologies have uh, subscription fees that really pay for the support and responders on the other side. Right. And, Lori, if I can just follow up with that, you know, sure. the, the technologies that we're seeing that look at, um, uh, uh, collect um, data on uh, vital signs, for example, the, and the VA has been particularly in the forefront of having those technologies, but collects the vital signs of the care recipient and then transmits them to someone who says, oh, wow, this person's gained a couple of pounds and they have congestive heart failure and that's not good and we need to get them to the doctor or we need to alert the doctor. Sometimes what you're really, the the expense here, the cost here is having a knowledgeable network of nurses, for example, to be the backup who are actually looking at the data that are being collected. So that's an important issue is not just what's the upfront cost, but maybe the cost of the network to support whatever that technology is. Right. Um, Gail, this is a question for you, and it really flows from what you've just been saying. I'm going to call it complexity. What I mean by that is while you can look at a screen and see something on it, There's complexity at all kinds of levels, at the question of where the information goes to and comes from. There's the question of the complexity of setting it all up. There's the question of the complexity of dealing with updates, because computers are always updating themselves. And then there's the complexity of when things start to go wrong with with computers and their devices, which sadly they do. So what's your sense of... um, this challenge that I put in this way, that the complexity always seems to result in our, our ordinary people having to do a lot of learning just to keep up with it and keep it going. What's your sense of that? Oh, I would agree with you. And I, I think Lori uh, hit the nail on the head when she said uh, a while ago that it's the usefulness of the technology that's really going to make the difference. So. If you've got some wonderful whiz-bang technology that you've developed in your garage, family caregivers are not going to purchase it or they're not going to be even interested if they don't understand how this is going to be useful to them. How is this going to help me as a caregiver? Maybe save me time or reduce burden or give me more peace of mind? And how is it going to do that as opposed to always being something that I've got to worry about? Now my parents are calling me and saying there's a green light that's going on all the time, and what does that mean? Yeah. In other words, you'd said earlier, both of you really, that one of the costs is the time that people have to invest into uh, working with the technology, figuring it out, uh, answering the questions about it. Um, So both of you, and again, this is just a quick sort of question to both of you, starting with Laurie. 
What, how well does the IT industry, the information technology, understand that what we've just all agreed is a sort of complexity has to be dealt with in ways that are reassuring to family caregivers and the people they look after? Sorry. Well, Gail really uh, reminded us of the garage vendor, uh, you know, who has, uh, you know, just invented something. So many of the vendors in the caregiving space uh, started out their businesses because they themselves had a caregiving problem, and they solved it themselves. I, I can't tell you how many vendors tell me about, you know, their mother or their father or their grandfather that inspired them to get into this business. Um, that is not market research. That does not identify whether, in fact, there's a market for a product, and and many vendors enter this industry only to discover that they have a technology in search of a market. Right. Now, it is that we've come to the end in the sense that we have to take the short break once more, so we'll take it now, but we will come back to some of these sort of what I'll call overarching issues. So we'll go to the break now. We'll pay the rent. This is Dr. Gordon Adderley. My guests are Laurie Orloff and Gail Hunt. You're listening to Family Caregivers Unite on the Voice America Variety Channel. We're coming back. News. Opinion. Your voice counts. Call toll-free 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. VoiceAmerica.com. Tune in to Patricia Raskin Positive Living on VoiceAmerica.com every Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time. This program brings you practical and inspiring principles for living a more authentic, engaging, and passionate life. Patricia's guests will give you a formula for connecting, giving, forgiving, and miraculous living. So tune in and call in to Patricia Raskin Positive Living Mondays at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time right here on the Voice America Variety Channel. It's practical, positive solutions for a happy, empowered, and successful life. There are a number of health and social services available to individuals for low cost or no cost. Now there's a radio program devoted to bringing you the information you need. Tune in to Outreach Today with host Melissa Jenkins-Simon. Our program promotes the benefits and services of CI Incorporated, providing health and social services over a wide spectrum of resources and agencies. We want to help you. Tune in to Outreach Today, Wednesdays at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Voice America Variety Channel presents a program like no other for those in the field and interested in the field of security and training. On America's front lines of crime and war with Victory Defense Consulting, hosted by J.J. Sutton. Here, listeners are learning about tactical skills and practices that support efficient, smarter, and more enduring skills. You will receive the most up-to-date information about the security and training industry with detailed discussions and select special guests each week. Tune in to On America's Front Lines of Crime and War, Fridays at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain inspired really fast. All the time. The number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com Help, you know I need someone. You are listening to Family Caregivers Unite with Dr. Gordon Atherley. If you have any questions or comments about our program, please address them by email to docg at mymonami.com. That's Doc, letter G, at M-Y-M-O-N-A-M-I dot com. Now, back to Family Caregivers Unite. 
Welcome back to our listeners to Family Caregivers Unite and Laurie Olaf and Gail Hunt. Our topic is home care technology for family caregivers. Um, so let's talk about some of the concerns that I've heard from family caregivers who've been my guests on Family Caregivers Unite. Now, time and time again, and this is the question for you, Gail, please, family caregivers have spoken of their needs for information to support them in family caregivers, caregiving. Uh, you know, they've just got the diagnosis of something the matter. The physician has told them a certain amount, but there's a lot more they need information on. So what's the role in your mind of technology in providing things like family caregiving guidelines? Gail? Well, there's, uh, uh, there's just an enormous amount of information out there. I think Lori mentioned all the thousands of websites who are out there providing um, information for family caregivers. We do know that they tend to trust um, websites that are, say, government-based or uh, the Mayo Clinic would be another example they're very uh, interested in, in getting support from and hearing about what healthcare professionals say is a good website. So if I've got this diagnosis of Alzheimer's, where do I go to get information about the trajectory of the disease, for example, or what can I expect over time, and where can I go to expect support? So information around, uh, say, the Alzheimer's Association in that example would be really important. And caregivers are saying that's what they want. That's what they want. They want to know there's a trusted source. Right. Very good. Now, Laurie, um, let's carry on. Gail mentioned Alzheimer's disease. Let's stay with that. One of the things that family caregivers have expressed relates to security in the sense of who should know and not know that my mom, my pop, is down the road with Alzheimer's disease, given that, uh, and it, it happens, sadly, that people with this condition, elderly people, are being robbed or deceived or defrauded by abuse of information. So what are your thoughts about privacy and security of home technology in that context that I've just mentioned? Sorry? Well, I think it's important to understand that home care technologies don't just hop into the house, uh, you know, off of the shelves of retail stores, that somebody has to basically um, put them into the home and ensure that they're set up properly. You know, really, uh, we're increasingly in a world where third-party service providers have become quite interested. And, in fact, home security companies, I believe 20% of them now are entering the market for technologies related to um, uh, caring for people, elderly people. Um, that being said, uh, I think that asking questions in terms of the implementation of any of these technologies is critical. I also think we've got, we're, we're in a very interesting and potentially worrisome time in which Alzheimer's disease is being diagnosed earlier and earlier. Uh, there are now tests that people uh, in, in, in clinical trials can uh, take and that would give them a diagnosis. The question is, what is everybody doing with that information? And really, it goes back to the doctor who has participated with a family member and a care recipient over the diagnosis. What are they doing with the information, and uh, how is the family ensuring that a, a, a person is not taken advantage of? 
let me just go back to Gail's point about the guideline notion and just very quickly to say that clinical medicine, in which I once worked, is very dependent on things called clinical practice guidelines, which are basically a statement of here's what the consensus is of the best way to treat a particular condition. And they're becoming more and more important. And in fact, uh, a doctor might be liable for malpractice if, if he or she doesn't follow a guideline. Now, there's a, as you said, Gail, there's a tremendous amount of information out there, but it can be very confusing, um, and it doesn't always, this is what we're finding, answer the, all the questions that are needed. And I'm wondering if there's something now needs to develop, to be developed along the lines of caregiving guidelines but for family caregivers rather than physicians and nurses. What do you think? Well, I think that uh, caregiving guidelines would be, uh, it would certainly be worthwhile to be able to offer family caregivers uh, that level of information. I'm not sure that the medical community could agree on what those guidelines would be. I think it's one thing. There are, there are mechanisms in place to develop uh, clinical practice guidelines for physicians. There, this would be something that would be new, that would be uh, more difficult in some ways because there are mechanisms to develop a consensus around clinical practice guidelines for physicians. I'm not sure that there are mechanisms uh, in place to develop clinical uh, guidelines for family caregivers, for example. Perfectly fair. Now, just a very quick one for, to Laurie about the, the question of security. Um, I know of the details, and I'm not going to reveal them specifically, of an incident where, incident where an elderly woman, a wealthy woman, was approached by someone who purported to be one of her relatives and was robbed of several thousand dollars. Um, it therefore seems possible to find out something about a person, maybe by information technology or maybe not, pose as a person, get their credit card or bank data and rob them. What are the steps, very, very briefly, that you think that the IT, the information technology industry, needs to take to protect against those kinds of things? Well, uh, to the degree that banks look for verification that you are who you say you are, um, you know, certainly breaking into a bank account is not so easy to do right now. Uh, breaking into the home, uh, you know, certainly should, uh, there should be some kind of, I believe, security system that involves a camera that uh, recognizes who has gone into the home. And, in fact, if a person is posing as somebody else, uh, you know, they're going to be caught on camera. I'm really a big fan of security cameras. Um, <laughs> okay. Um, that's a, an episode in itself, and maybe we'll get back to you about that. But I want to ask you both now just to say what your basic message is to family caregivers who are making decisions about home care technology for them. Gail, what's your message to them first? My message would be uh, please involve the care recipient, your parent, your grandparent, the older person, 
in making the decision, in talking about it, in deciding how it will be implemented. Don't just go ahead and think just about your own peace of mind, which is important, but be sure that they have the opportunity to be involved in the decision. Great. Laurie, same question. What's your message to family caregivers? Um, Well, it's never good to be the first user of anything. So um, I would say uh, look for technologies that, in fact, have a large user base, that have been around, that have been reviewed online. Um, Ask to uh, speak to uh, customers who are happy with whatever technology is being deployed. Ask for are there health care or service providers who who are experienced with that technology. Uh, Like I said, it's never good to be the first one on your block. Very shrewd advice. Now, I want to say to both of you, first of all, uh, thank you very much. Um, But I also want to say to our listeners, and thank you for listening, that what you've been hearing is very practical and important advice about a world that is important to us, that is technology, that is useful, but does have some challenges of the kinds that Gail and Laurie have been talking about. And their advice to you in those messages is something that I, for what it's worth, would urge you to take very seriously. Now, please do, our listeners, email us with your comments and questions. And I want to say a particular thank you to Laurie and Gail for sharing with us your knowledge, your insights, your experience, and your advice. And I want to say keep up this work because what you're doing is profoundly important in helping people who have enough to worry about without being challenged by complex, costly, or so they believe, technology uh, that may not really do what they want it to do. And you're the kind of people who are going to be able to lead them with the kind of advice they need. So thank you both. Now, in in our next episode, we're going to be talking about services for supporting seniors, family caregivers directly. Please join us. Same time, same spot on the Internet. Thank you again for joining us this week for Family Caregivers Unite with your host, Dr. Gordon Atherley. Please tune in again next Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. And until then, we hope our program will help make the coming week easier and more hopeful. And I do appreciate you being Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network its staff and management.